0: Museum of the Moving Image welcomes you to the Pinewood Dialogues Online, an archive of conversations with innovative creative figures in film, television, and digital media. Visit Museum of the Moving Image in New York City or online at www.movingimage.us.
1: Please now join me in welcoming Donald Toms. <laughs> When I hear my resume I think I must be about a hundred years old. Uh, how many of you saw Roots when it broadcast the first time? That's almost all of you. I was in a, I've been in television for a long time and somewhere in 1977 I was working at a local station in Maryland, Maryland Public Television as a matter of fact, and when it premiered and uh, you know, and I worked in a public television station that was very liberal, very progressive, uh, and uh, the one thing we thought we could do was talk about anything. And the one thing we found that back in 1977, as a day, race is a tough thing to talk about. And Roots kind of, kind of shattered the door down and knocked the door down. We just heard Roots is among the most watched series in, in television history, and it stands as perhaps the most important show ever broadcast. For eight consecutive nights in January in 1977, and I think we'll talk about why it was on eight, seven, uh, on on those consecutive nights. It was uh, quite a reason for it. Americans were glued to the story of Alex Haley's ancestors, bringing a human uh, face to the most shameful chapter in American history. Roots just didn't entertain. It changed our culture in such profound ways. I am proud to present four stars from the miniseries Roots, who are featured in a PBS series airing tomorrow night, February the 5th at 8 p.m. called Pioneers of Television, which reveals behind-the-scenes stories and fascinating facts about television shows and programming uh, genres that continues to influence the medium today. In that show, do you remember the old miniseries? I mean, there was Roots. Remember any other? Risk man, poor man. If I had a gift, I'd give it to you. And Thornbirds, that's right. Yeah, those, uh, those miniseries, as a matter of fact. You know what? Uh, as we start to celebrate the Black History Month at PBS, um, we are pleased to have these stars here to talk about Roots and its lasting impact. But before we bring them on, let's watch an excerpt from the miniseries episode of Roots. Hey guys, let's have a seat. Uh, number one, I'm honored uh, to be here. I tell you, is that, uh, LeVar, when I saw the look on your face, when you saw yourself up on the screen at the audition, the I thought test. you almost popped out yeah. of your seat. Yeah. We all did.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I remember this kid. I, he came to see my show, at Pippin, with his mother. And, uh, no, thank you, one person saw that show. Uh, <laughs> to Join two. us. <laughs> and... Um, he came and i came and, his, and well we have different stories but mine is he came back he said oh he said mr reid i, I want to be in the show i want i you are wonderful da, 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 da. and i said to him you know you're going to be great you're going to you know you got your own wings son study be what you want to be you could be so i'm on a set of uh, of roots and so this kid comes running down the street, down the, the path, and he starts "Mr. Reed, Mr. Reed, how you doing? Know? I said, "You remember me?" I said, yeah, "Yeah, yeah, And He said, "He said, well, I said, great. What are you doing?" He said, "Well, I'm going to school." And I, he said, "I'm working on this movie." I said, "Really? So, what? Who are you in this movie?" He said, "Go Kinte."
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 so,
1: so we we saw a lot of uh, in this clip, which is amazing, by the way, and the whole show is, is, is pretty amazing, but what was it like? I mean, uh, you, we, you hear about the fact that David Wolper and company, they're producing this, this film, and all the black actors were up for it. What, what was that like in that day? So we're now talking probably 1975, mm-hmm. as the casting started. 1975, take us back. What was happening?
0: I heard about it. I was watching the Dinah Shore show one afternoon. And Alex Haley was brought on the show by Richie Pryor, talking about this new book that was coming out about finding your roots. And I was riveted because I have never been able to find out where Uggums comes from. And I thought, wow, this is fascinating. I've got to get this book. And uh, then Alex said, and ABC is going to be making a, uh, presenting it as a, as a movie. And I sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, I said, Oh, I sure would like to be a part of this. And when my husband came on later on, I said I told him about what I had seen and I said, Oh, sounds incredible. I'd love to be a part of that. And then I forgot about it and I went on the road doing my nightclub act. When I came back, I had an audition for roots. And I was so excited that I even went down I, I wore Dashiki. Remember <laughs> I tried to look as African as i could, <laughs> And I went there, and they handed me three scripts of different parts. And I thought, oh, these people don't know what they're doing. <laughs> you know, I was stunned. Anyway, they said, uh, would you go home, read these scripts, come in tomorrow, which I did. And when I read, got to the third script, it was Kizzy, and I said, oh, i got to play this part. And I went in the next day, and I auditioned for the casting people and Marvin Chomsky, and they kind of looked at me, and I thought, hmm, I don't know. And then they said, we'd like you to read the other parts, and I thought, oh, I want to play Kizzy. And I found out that I was up for the part, but I had to pass the screen test. And they had me go 9 o'clock in the morning, and till 5 o'clock in the afternoon, the makeup people had no idea how to work on black people and make them age. And they were squeezing my skin (laughs) and putting glue and using a a blow dryer and everything. And when I walked onto the set (laughs) for Sam Margulies, I looked like a mummy. And I said, I'm not going to get this part. And I went home. I was in tears. And I went home, and I said, Graham said you know how to go and I said I'm gonna lose a part because I look like a mummy and he said you know what I'm gonna find out who did Cicely Tyson's makeup for Jane Pittman and he found out Uh, Stan Winston and Stan said this sounds like a great project come on over to my house Mm -hmm. and he was so fascinated by he said okay I'll help you with your screen test he redid my makeup and that's how I got the part to play Uh, his mama.
1: Ben what about you? How'd you get it? Uh, Well,
2: I was, uh, as I, you know, as I said earlier, my agent. um, I'd heard about it, you know, through the grapevine. There was this this uh, show that was being done by ABC called Roots, dealing with the African American experience. And I wanted to be a part of it. And I was on the road doing my act and mm-hmm. things. And so my agent said, you know, they're looking for actors. You know, as I said earlier, for you know, actors, forget about it. So I went back on the what I was introduced to a group called Sister Sledge. Yeah. <laughs> they were doing, just came out with this we record. We Are Family. Yeah, We Are Family. And we were on tour, you know. And so I was in Savannah, Georgia. And I'm, I'm I'm doing my act. This is a character called Bert Williams, oh, about yeah, yeah, yeah. an African American who had to wear blackface That's in order right. to be on stage. And this is true. Something we don't talk about, mm. but it's part of our heritage. It's part of our Holocaust. And this great man was one of the top people in entertainment during this time. So I did a parody on him. And at this high school, matter of fact, we were performing a high school in Savannah, and then Savannah, Georgia. And matter of fact, when we were coming to the theater that night. We got in Savannah and, and we wanted to get something to eat. So, you know, we told, came to the, uh, uh, the, the guy at the desk and we said, uh, my band and I, we said, um, you know, it was an integrated band. He said, we said, we want to find something to eat. Where, he said, well, there's a dentist down the road if you make it. <laughs> <laughs> Hungry, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the ride irons and things on this no motel. I'm sort of looking out. <laughs> so um, that's the show that night. You know, Mar- Margulis was in the audience. Stan Margalese was sitting there, and he comes backstage and he says, uh, "I want you to be my Chicken George."
1: You didn't have
2: to audition. Audition at all. I didn't know what a Chicken George was. <laughs> I didn't care what Chicken was. I was become a Chicken, or I didn't care <laughs> if he was gonna put me in Roots. Um, I wouldn't care if I was a guy going. <laughs> Yeah, let me out of here, I'll be a part of roots. You know, so that's how I got that's how I got started. And when I received the script and realized that I had to age, I had never done that. And I said, Wow, it was it was quite an experience for me. It was a wonderful experience. And uh, whew, from the jumps, and what happened for me was remember that year, it was the year of the long ships mm-hmm. coming in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the tall, tall ships. Yeah. Yeah. And they had a big special on mm-hmm. TV. Right? And I was sitting in my home watching this. And tears started running down my face. Because I thought I said, had my people come mm-hmm. in those ships, it would have been first class. Mm. We came as storage. That's right. We came as cargo. And the tears just ran down my face. And that's when Chicken Joyce came alive in me.
1: So, Mr. Gossett, Jr., you, uh, you see these two folks here were singers and song and dance people, and you were serious actor. Serious actor. Serious actor. Uh, what uh, happened to you? How'd you get it? Well, I,
3: I was one of the originals. I think that was James Earl Jones and, uh, and Cicely and, and Maya. And then just said, no, they got all the good parts, and they are going to give me Fiddler. That's the Uncle Tom. <laughs> mm-hmm. and I was really upset at Uncle Tom. so okay, I'll play Uncle Tom, and I started to investigate Fiddler. And I realized that that's the first African American in the story, mm. uh, someone who does not know what freedom really was. Mm. So I had to go into three dimensions of Fiddler and learn about freedom from Kunta Kinte. Mm. He's got the line, um, "What is this freedom like? Be like, you know?" And he didn't really realize what it was like until he sat at the edge of a tree and played the song he wanted to hear. So it's such an important role uh, and 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 uh, catapult of. of Through the middle path. (laughs) (laughs) What's (laughs) the summary? You back up? To what we are today. Here, take my. Yeah. So it's an important role, Fiddler, because uh, you can uh, trace your heritage. We can trace our heritage from from Fiddler until what we are today. Uh, It's a wonderful story, but we've come through an awful lot to get to that first president. This year is extremely important for us to assume the bills, that the dues have been paid. This year is extremely important for us to get into the responsibility of making this country one nation under God the way it was planned to be. It's our job to assume that three-dimensional American democratic contribution to the American part. Start with Hitler.
1: So, did you audition for it? Did you no, I didn't have, you to, didn't audition have to audition. For it. either? No,
3: no audition. I had a great grandmama who uh, was a slave that I copied, and her, her, her son, I copied them with, the, with the, the railroad mill snuff and the walk and the sense of humor. It was in my family.
1: I'll tell you, when uh, you guys were on The View today and they showed that clip of uh, you uh, taking care of LeVar after uh-huh. he was whipped, there wasn't a dry out. Eye in the, in the house. It's
3: amazing stuff. It's amazing stuff. And you I don't did know what such happened. an amazing job. <clears throat> yeah, uh, you know, um, it, it's uh, We have come through so many things. When when you come through adversity and you come out the other side, you have an experience of life that makes you go only further. So it's not. There's no such thing as impossible for anybody who's gone through that. And to tell that story after having been there and be the way we are today is a, a tribute to a people. Now it's time for us to mix it up here in America. Make it this democratic country that it was promised to be. It's up to us to make that happen.
1: All right. LeVar. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. So there you were. You are a sophomore in college. Yes. And you heard about this, and you said... well No,
4: huh? they came to the drama school at USC. Uh, the, the casting for Kunta had been going on for over a year at that point. And they had been uh, uh, through L.A., Chicago and New York already once and were back in LA and, and, and just started casting the net wider. They contacted the drama schools at USC, UCLA, and I think Cal Arts. And I was a sophomore at USC. There were three young black men in the drama department at that time at USC. We didn't even have a school of theater back in 1976. And It was a, it was a d- division of drama. There was a music school uh, there was a school of dance, but we had a division of drama and so there were there were three of us uh, who answered the description They were looking for a young young black man uh, to play this this character um, So I went on what they call a, a, a go see a technical term in the show business You go to this address and see the people who are are, are there <laughs> And and the people who were there were were Lynn Stallmaster the, the legendary Hi. casting director and, and his office and um, uh, and and that was the, the beginning and we we saw footage of, of March twenty seventh nineteen seventy six that was the day I was I was put on on film uh, for the first time um, but I, I was I I came at the end of the process um, and of course later um, Alex and Stan Margulies the producer of Roots uh, David Wolper they all shared with me and David Green the director of the first three hours of Roots they all shared with me their own individual stories of how r- relieved they were when they found me, that they felt like, okay, we can, we can move forward with this. But ABC was very reluctant because I had no previous professional experience. Um, and, and in their minds, so much hinged on the success of that character. If the audience didn't buy into and, and empathize, identify with Kunta, then... then um, there was no point in, in going on with the remaining hours.
1: And thank goodness they did, because you know, coming from a network, if you hire somebody who has no experience at all, it's almost like crazy. So the fact that the producers dug in and, and, yeah. and, 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 and made sure it happened Stan, was great. Stan
4: and David Wolper, David Green, Alex Haley, we, um, we closed. I was, I, was, I was, as a sophomore, I was in uh, the spring musical at USC in the theater department. We always do a musical during the spring. We were doing Oklahoma. And, uh, and What part I, were you playing? I was Ali Hakim, you curly? the Persian oh. rug dealer. Okay. Like, no, baby. Hello, Kido. How are you? Ali Hakim. Right? <laughs> <laughs> because, because in university theater, boy, the chairman of the department at the time was a man named Alex Siegel, who was a television director um, and, and did a lot of TV back in the day when television was live, right? Alex... The first play I auditioned for at USC was, uh, I think, a Kaufman and Hart piece, You Can't Take It With You. And I went in to audition thinking, well, I'm an actor, and we're all actors here, and I can audition for any part, right? But no, I was given the opportunity to audition for the butler, for Donald, Donald. right? Right? And that was a big wake-up call for me because, you know, I thought, well, the theater is so open-minded, and as an actor, you can play anyone. So that was really my introduction to the realities of, of the business of show.
2: Yeah, I have a similar story. My first uh, uh, job that I did was summer stock and was in the Tannisville, Pennsylvania. And we were doing uh, West Side Story, Guys and Dolls, you know, the summer stock run. And I told the director, we were doing West Side Story, because as a kid, I'd seen West Side Story, and I loved it, you know? And I said, wow, man, you know, I could, this guy Riff. And, you know, this." And I said, so I went to the director, and I said, um, who's playing Riff, you know? He says, um, he is playing this guy, this white actor. I said, yeah, but I can do it. He said, no, Ben, he's Polish. Oh. And I said, well, I can do Polish. <laughs> 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 well,
3: later on in Los Angeles, well, we, did a, we had a, a, a repertory company with George Stanford Brown and, jo- and Tyne. We, we uh, were going to uh, service the L.A. Unified School District, which is multiracial. And one of the plays we did was The Three Sisters by Chekhov, And I got to play Vershinin, which is the romantic lead, and uh, was successful. Tyne was in it. And, uh, and uh, so uh, Dan Sullivan was a critic's name. He came from the sports mm-hmm. page. He objected to my presence playing Vershinin. So we had a little seminar, and after doing some research, I said, "You know, that Chekhov when he was 16, he won a, a literary prize, and the name of the literary prize was the Alexander Pushkin Literary Prize. Ah. And I said, that don't mean vodka in Kalua." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, Alexander Pushkin was, of course, an African from Morocco.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,? Hmm? Mm-hmm. she uh, a- gave a- us her mic, her mic back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: The the interesting thing though for me was I had the opposite. The first thing I did was at Berkeley College I did The Boyfriend and playing the Julie Andrews part and everybody else was white but me. And so my father and mother in this, you know, the all white people and it was very interesting because at Berkeley that the audience there accepted it and nobody ever said anything mm. about it which I thought well, this is lovely. It's strange, but it's lovely. Do you think it's
1: it's just different in musical theater?
0: I think also the fact that I was also known for Sing Along with Mitch oh. mm-hmm. also had a lot to do with it because uh, I was recognizable. People were fans, and so they were also coming to see me in, in this performance. Right. And uh, so you were a star. So yeah, they just okay. accepted it. Accepted. Let's
1: get back to Roots a little bit. I'm I'm curious. Is that Is that because when I was when it 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 came out, I was again I was working at a at a station and and uh, the discussions that most of the 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 white guys at at this station I had were about roots and the fact that we never talked about race at all. But this seemed to be able to this was a an a door opening, Mm -hmm. you know. Because all of a sudden, I think they were waiting for me when I came in. (laughs) You know, I was here. You know, I was a you know, and this wasn't a place where I was the only black guy, which you know, in many cases I have been. But here's the case: a lot of black people working at the, at the station, and but that this was truly the first time I'd ever heard of water cooler conversation. And people were just talking; they fell in love with all of you, and they would say to me, "How do you feel?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. About it, and I would turn it back around and say, "Well, how do you feel?" Mm-hmm. Because clearly there was some guilt going on there at times, and they were just trying to figure this all. Oh, but, but the fact that it opened up these great conversations that I don't know if it happens today? Because it is a difficult subject to talk about.
3: There was a lot of true, true bonding with some white friends after Roots. Mm-hmm. Actually, the original bonding, of course, is with, with Stan Boggiel yeah. and, yeah. and his family. But there's friends I grew up with who were friends anyway. But when they saw Roots, the bonding happened really strong. And they're lifetime friends today. Um, uh, that's the <coughs> positive part of what Roots happened. Then there uh, are other things that happened. But the, the, the best is the bonding of, of us as a people with the people uh, that didn't actually realize what sure. we went through.
0: I had a lot of people, yeah. white people, that would come up to me apologizing, saying, I'm yeah. so sorry, we didn't know, we'd never learned this in school, this is it's not, not discussed, and, and my goodness, we didn't realize uh, where you came from. I mean, as far as they were concerned, Africa was that, uh, as Lynn said, you know, Jamba, Jamba, Jamba kind <laughs> of thing. And, uh, you, you know, in Tarzan, and so... Yeah. Um, they were constantly saying, Oh my God, I'm, we're so sorry, we're so sorry.
2: So, yeah, yeah, saying, um, you know, that's interesting um, because a lot of people will still, you know, go up to and say this thing about, you know, I'm sorry that happened to you or that sort of thing. But you see, this is why we all praise this Alex Haley because yes. what he did was bring our Holocaust.
0: Yes. Very yes.
2: This is our Holocaust. Yes. You know, my Jewish brothers and sisters, they went through their Holocaust. And every day, every Sunday at 9 o'clock on Channel 11, I grew up watching the Holocaust. The Holocaust. Finally, through Alex Haley's wisdom, he brought our Holocaust and said, "This is the real of the real." Yeah. And now we can see our because that's just a scratch upon the surface. Now we got to go deeper into a place so I call where we find out where we all from that that deep rooted thing called God or Allah or Buddha or Jesus or Elohim. When are we going to move past? Now we've done it. We've done that. Done that. But now the work is to be done. They call this Black History Month. Like we're black for a month, but <laughs> this is. A, a call to action yeah, is right. what this is all about. I mean, did you hear uh, uh, Harry, Harry Belafonte? Belafonte. You know, yeah, Harry Belafonte right. spoke yes. about the fact that today. What's going on in our communities? It's not just not. It's no longer that that white the white man. It's us is doing it to us. It's the reconnection. Yes. That it's, that is uh, right, exactly. So yeah, if roots is to do yeah. anything, roots is about the heritage of a people. But great-great-great-grandmother and great-great-great-grandfather went through our story. When I was growing up, I learned history, his story. Yeah. You know, there wasn't but I did time. not learn my story, which is the mystery. And now we're saying look into the mystery and find the wonders of who you are. Yeah. That's what it's all
0: about. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: exactly. I mean, for all people. For all people. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just, I just went off there for a minute. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll take another bite of that.
3: <laughs> go ahead, Lou. There was a time when no child, I'm old enough to remember this, and maybe you can identify, when no child could go out the door mm-hmm. without being dressed properly.
2: That's oh, right. oh, oh, oh. Don't don't go, don't go there. Don't go there.
3: Uh, we have some uh, respect for the elder. Don't go there. Uh, yeah. Respect for the opposite sex. Yes. That's right. Uh, have some kind of spiritual enlightenment. Yes. Yes. Some yes. knowledge of their roots. Yes. Yes. And some, some conflict resolution so that there was nothing in the way between them and school before yes. they put their hand on the doorknob. And that went away. Uh, so I, I, I have humbly come up with an, uh, a foundation. It's called E-Racism. And that is for these children to practice the way we should be in the future by being sensitive and compassion to one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the, the African-American child has to play catch up and reestablish that information highway about what, uh, whose shoulders they stand on from back to Africa all the way through so they can talk equally about uh, uh, the Roman Empire and the Greek Empire. Mm-hmm. But in the long run, we need a, com- a mutual compassion uh, to, to, to make sure that we respect one another's culture in this country, mm-hmm. which is true democracy, so that we do not have to drop a bomb again in the name of democracy. Yes. Our backyard will be
2: clean. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly right. Wow. That's where we're going.
3: And it's <laughs> probably quite necessary. So if we have to deal with the next generation and teach them how to do that, then that's what we're going to have to do. Well, we better hurry up and run. We've got to run now. And go out. But we, we need to, to tell our, our stories, too. I think yes. as,
0: as uh, adult parents, you need to tell your story. The one thing that I regret, I had a grandmother who... Uh, She was one of ten children, and uh, my great-great-grandmother was uh, a slave, but the master had the ten children by my great-great-great-grandmother, and he built the exact same house that he lived in with his wife for my grandmother Mm. and the ten children Mm. right next door, and they were all (laughs) educated. He built a school. And they were all educated and they, they were uh, you know yeah. uh, uh, doctors and dentists and teachers and mm-hmm. and those are stories
2: that need that to be told.
0: Need to be told. need to be told. We owe it to our children to pass our stories down because if you, you know, don't know where you come from, you, you can't
2: know, go forward. Yeah, you know in, 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 in harmony with that, my want for this month. So we're calling it Black History Month. You know, my, my, my Jewish brothers and sisters have a thing they call Seda. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Where uh, they sit around and they eat certain foods that represent their journey out of Egypt. My want is the African-American family sits around, and even the church has got to get involved in this. Yes. They sit around the table and they have certain foods that we had to endure and read slave letters about where we've come from. That's this. This is our Seder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Our Seder. See, that's, that's the Levon.
4: importance. I think that's the importance of roots. We were having this conversation at, at lunch today, yeah. uh, Lou and, 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 and Mark Wolf, my business partner, and I. Africans, African Americans are the only group of people on the planet who have had a discontinuity with their stories that define their culture. The the break from the shores of Africa to the shores of, of this country created a discontinuity in terms of our connection to our past and those stories that define us. Storytelling is one of the oldest forms of communication on the planet. Every culture on the planet has a tradition of storytelling. Why? Because it helps inform who we are, what our place in our society is, and and, and what we're supposed to be about as human beings. So. Roots was the first time for black people in this country to get a sense of the power, on a mass scale, the sense of the power of our story. There's a whole generation. I've got an 18-year-old. My children are 32 now and 18. My 18-year-old, every time she, going through school, every time February came around, she would roll her eyes and just, because she's, as one of the few raisins in the oatmeal, right? Everybody, every eye turns to her during the module when we're talking about slavery. And my my response to that is, well, isn't that why so many suffered and died? So that this current generation has the right to feel that, you know what, that's in the past. Mm -hmm. They do, but the danger is that we are only continuing that discontinuity, right? As Leslie says, we have to tell our stories to our children. Because this Christmas, BET aired Roots again, and there were a whole generation Mm -hmm. of people who never saw Roots before who were being introduced to it by aunts, uncles, grandmothers, grandfathers, Right. And on The View today, we had this conversation during a commercial. It's not OK that Roots is only broadcast by a black network, yes, you know, right. during Black History yeah. Month, right. because America needs to continue to remind itself about our common story yes, so right. that we don't yeah. repeat the past. You see, yes, that's what they yes, call us United
2: States of America. Nobody in everybody who has come in this country has come through some oppression. The, the, the American Indians first, the first and foremost. So our stories as a nation should be told. We were talking about the fact of how Hollywood today is, you know, really more... It's, it's leaning on the other side again. Mm-hmm. So it's not standing up straight. We're talking about the people of America. We're talking about one sector of America. You know, rather than our story as a people, right. you know, yeah. well, needs to be told. Our stories... Need to be told, we're not all victims, people. We are victors.
3: Yeah. There's there's an element somewhere during, uh, I guess it was uh, integration, when we made a decision, we African Americans made a decision to abandon something that was really well worth it in order to accomplish something we thought was success and happiness. But really back what we abandoned was deeper and stronger that we should have brought with us for integration. And we'd be better off now. The detachment. We can grab those rules. We can. We can. Yeah. And, can and contribute that to the overall American pot because it's centuries older than anything there is. Back in tribalism, everybody had to contribute to the tribe in order for them exactly. to make it. That's exactly. democracy.
2: That's right. That's democracy. That memory <laughs> has got
3: to come back. And we all add to the. I call it the American soup. Mm-hmm. And that's what democracy is, the success of everybody putting their culture into a common American pie and all sharing mm-hmm. equally in its in its. In its it's, it's results. That's America. That's democracy. And then by example, we can attract people and not have to drop a bomb again.
2: Yeah. So let's so here, here's, here's the thing now. Here's the thing, now. You're right. It is a democracy. Mm-hmm. Correct. And one of the greatest words was I, I heard a phrase that's called yes. We can. Okay? It was some years ago, and a man was elected named Barack Obama. Yes, we can. We were saying yes, we can because we wanted yes mm-hmm. for America. And as soon as this man, this African American, was in place, seemed like people went, okay, he's there, let's go. Oh, and all no, of a no, sudden no. we wonderful a society. So wonderful. He's in office again, again. But he is just one man. He cannot do it by himself. He people. needs to be supported, yeah. He, he needs, supported. needs us. Hello, Everybody. is anybody out there? Everybody voted for him. Yep. Anybody vote for him? He needs us to make this work. We're talking about a, we're talking about America here, the cultural melting pot of the world. So let's become that.
0: But uh, let me also say one thing: is that back when Roots and Rich Man, Poor Man, and and the Thornbirds. Network television spent money. I mean, look how rich. Was committed to
4: storytelling. Was committed to storytelling. Now we're committed to reality TV. Yes. Yes.
1: I'm sorry, not on PBS.
2: You had to go there. (laughs) (laughs) You had to go there. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and
0: that's the wonderful thing that this PBS show is showing, that these miniseries, they spent money. They had great writers who were writing great stories, and, and we've lost that. We've lost that. It's an era that is, has gone by, and that's why having this on PBS makes people go, my goodness, why can't
1: thank we God see God this again? Thank God for right, PBS. But, you know, I, I do, do want to thank the producer. You know, Steve is here, but, you know, there are clip shows, and, there are, and there's this... Because, you know, they could have taken this thing on, 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 you know, the miniseries and turned it into just great clips. But I think the fact that when you looked at this, what you saw was really reality. I mean, I think that, yeah. you know, they showed the warts as much as anything else, which I think is really a credit to the producers. Where are you, Steve, by the way? There he is there right he is. there. Thank you, Steve.
0: Thank you. Thank
1: you. It really you. turned this into a, a, a great television show. So, it was interesting hearing Lynn Moody talk about the fact that once this was done, the doors were going to open. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and everybody, and there'd be black actors everywhere. So no, well, what, what happened? Did, that, did that, that, that happen? No. No.
0: Oh, <laughs> Especially uh, women-wise, nothing. It took me two years before I got another television opportunity as an actress and that was backstairs at the White House. Oh, well, that's right. Yes. That's and we did it together. Right. Absolutely. Yes, and that was a a great great show. They finally put it out on DVD. It's yeah. yes, it's out now. Okay. And it's a f- a fabulous series, but it's it it was like the casting people said, well, okay, we gave him that shot. So now let's go back to <laughs> the, the the, yeah. It took a minute. yeah,
2: it took it took a minute. And Thank God for Norman yeah. Leah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yes, yes. That beautiful actress Mad Sinclair. Sinclair.
3: Sinclair. Sinclair
2: Mad Sinclair. Uh, Sinclair. Sinclair, the story was, you know this story? Mm-hmm. She goes to the networks and she has this wonderful script and she says now nah, that the door is open. You know, she said, oh, I'm gonna go and take it up to him. She took the script up to them and they looked at it and they said, Well, no, we've done our quota.
3: Oh, that's the
2: truth. Yeah, we've done our quota, yeah. but uh, that was thank then. you. This is now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So, how is now. How's it now? Now, uh, we're on the brink of ex- of, of of blowing it uh, wide apart. Uh, we uh, we have had a mandate and we re elected Barack Obama, we didn't think that was going to happen. That's so, right. God but, is in charge, we could call him Allah Buddha, whatever it is, but now it's wide open. It's we wonderful. got yeah. Kerry Washington, too, <laughs> by Not the way. Not to worry.
2: Yeah. It, you know, for 40 years. You know, we've got producers, for we've got we've got people calling shots. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Where we're we we're going yes, level the playing. We have reelected Barack Obama, but once again, I'm reminded of Matt Sinclair. We've done our quota, America. We've done our quota for her the African-American race. So what more do you want? Do you want to become a star, super, well, superhero? Well, the different now. It, you know, yeah. So once again, I don't blame the consciousness. What I, I look to is the people to rally. This is about the people for the people by the people. Mm-hmm. So what they want will become the, 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 the flag point Absolutely. of what, yeah. we, what we will be dictated, what we, you know, we'll say to our young people. So that's so why I say once again, I call to the people. Please, you know, if you want to see difference, make the difference. We just see actors up here trying to reflect to you through the art of what our society is about. If you don't like the fact that there are no African Americans, no Asians, no Mexican performers, no whatever, enough, then you should say something about it. Don't sit on your dusty rusties come out here and say, whoa, whoa, we came to Castle saw We saw Lavar Burton, Lou Gossett and Leslie and ben was great. You got to go home. You got to write whoever you got to write. Your congressman, your the channels to say, we want more storytellings in our homes. Yeah. We want more no diversity in each other our... Up. Right, yes, exactly. We are, right. <laughs> we are tired of it. We are tired of it. Is anybody out there Yes, because and you, are, you ti- are you tired of it? Are you tired of it? Are you... Yeah, You can't give me... Well, oh, them... yeah, yeah. Are you really tired? Have you had enough? Yeah. Then do something about it. Yeah, man.
1: There you go. Uh, so I'll tell you what. So, oh, uh, man, I'm never going some... to take it anymore. <laughs> are, some, uh, are there some folks out there who would like to ask some questions of our stars? Okay, you had your hand up first, but you're going to have to shout it.
2: Oh, That's right. We're here to talk about roots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, as a great schooler, when it came out, learned about your Holocaust before I learned about the Holocaust.
3: I mean, they, they did not rewrite the books fast enough. So they actually showed the movie in class.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And that was, that was our
4: history lesson. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I exactly. About slavery before I learned about the American Revolution. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was mm-hmm. you know, in fourth grade. Right. Yes. Right. Our good friends in Texas, though, who buy most of the school books for the United States of America, Roots was, at one time in the 70s and 80s, it was a very much-used uh, educational tool in our nation's classrooms. That has changed yes. yeah. now, yeah, yeah. and the focus has, has, has shifted away from, from that.
2: Um, I understand. Am I, am I wrong? But didn't they make Roots a part of a, a curriculum to be studied now? It was. It was. It it was. was it's one no, time longer? Yeah. it's no longer? Yeah, no longer. You are kidding
4: me. No, no, sad to say.
1: Okay, who else? Oh, the lady right there in the yellow, the scarf. Hi. Thank you so much
0: for coming, I'm from Texas and I watch movies. <laughs>
4: God bless.
1: Can you guys hear in the back? Okay, speak up.
4: Give up.
2: <laughs> you make it, or make it yourself. You know, there are young filmmakers out there yes. who are doing incredible work today. Incredible work. I mean, did you see, uh, um, uh, the, um, what is it? The Southern. Um, Beasts of a Southern Wild. Beasts of a Southern what? Wild. There's wonderful actors and people out like there doing things, but they have to, keep, but they need support. You know, they're doing all this wonderful work. They need to be, like here. You know these black film makers are making fantastic films, but are getting any exposure? That's because you're not watching them. You know we'll rather we'd rather go see we rather no I I, I'm sorry I'm, I'm not beating up on you I'm trying to inform you understand something we go we'll go rather go see The Hobbit. Then go see something like Southern, uh, um, *Beast of the Southern Wild*.
0: But there's theater too, darling. It's not just oh film. yeah, yeah. We're talking, but are, we're in the film. But, in the but film there, place. there are places that she can go, and if she can get in with a company, mm-hmm. that's where you learn. Theaters where yes. you yes. learn your craft. Yes, and I said give yeah. up because. Yes. And,
4: and whenever I'm asked by somebody, what do I do in order to, you know, put myself in a position to where you are? My first inclination is to try and talk someone out of it, because mm-hmm. if I can talk you out of it. Then it wasn't for you in the first place. It's yes, not for you, yeah. Right.
3: But you remember, there is really no such thing as impossible.
4: Right. None.
2: Yeah. Yes. There's
3: no such thing. If you want it impossible.
4: badly enough, you will, you will find succeed. a way to
2: have
0: it. And you will yeah. Yeah. find the Don't people to make you have it. Exactly,
2: exactly. It yep. all starts with you. It's inside of you, your determination. We can't give it to you. Your two t- teachers can't give it to you. And direct, they can't give it to you. It starts within you, your determination, your
4: commitment. To your excellence—you've got to go out and claim it.
1: Okay, so Lavar, what was? Pick one scene. Well, that—that's a good. That's a good so, scene. So it was a that's real a whip. good scene. <laughs> so, the, so, talk about well, it a little bit. Well, we talked about it. We talked and, about it. Uh, you, you know, in, it in, in in the two, piece. Two days or two different times. Two different
4: times on two different occasions, and and it was interesting for me because you know um, they were they were they were looking for an actor who could express a physicality, and I was really into that. I really enjoyed the physicality of of the role, the the running, the jumping, the manhood training, all of that, and so. In my mind, I was really looking forward to, you know, to, the, to the whipping scene because it was another opportunity for me to be physical. What I was not aware of was the emotional impact of actually standing there on, on an apple crate with my back to a man who had a whip in his hand and whose job was to control the whip. Well, with the tip of the whip, when, it, when he cracks it, the tip of the whip is moving at 120 miles an hour. His job was to wrap the whip around my body as gently as he could. It was not happening on the first day. I just could not be still. I was, and he hadn't even lashed it, you know, I was jumping up and down. So they brought him back and I spent the morning with him and he did all of his tricks and I just began to develop a trust with this man and, and recognized that he really was a master at this whip and he could do what he claimed he could do, was to just lay it in there and have it wrap it around me and then the makeup man would come in with a syringe with fake blood and stripe it down my back and then, then the, the the there was enough blood so that the whip when it wrapped around it would like snap and pop and it looked like a fresh wound. I mean it was really the editing, the storytelling was impeccable. The stagecraft behind it was impeccable. But we had to find a, we had to find a way to get the actor comfortable enough to let a man stand there and ostensibly, you know, throw a whip at my back.
1: Leslie, so we just saw that scene of you and your, and you're being taken from your mom and dad that was that How was did you di- prepare for that? What's
0: well, it was difficult, and the, the difference is I wound up with I almost passed out when, when, when they cut and in fact uh, uh Marvin Chomsky got so nervous and the, you know they had the smelling sauce and the stuff because it, it just uh, uh, it, it, it just killed me that a human being. Could do this to another human being. And say, I am separating this family. You know, even now, it, it, it does something to me in in here. And how naive Kizzy was to trust her friend. Why she thought she was a friend when you know <laughs> there was no equalness in this relationship. Um, and the fact that uh, she taught her. How to read and write, which was wonderful, but at the same time very dangerous. And then, uh, when uh, she helps her boyfriend, uh, and she writes the pass, and of course he gets caught and gives up that Kizzy helped him. That she stood in that window and let her be taken away. Who went? Oh my Kizzy, I miss my Kizzy, you know, like that. And then she likes, lets Kizzy be stripped away from from her parents and I just went crazy and when we finished the scene um I had all these whelps all over me and when when I finished shooting Roots I had a gig in Las Vegas and I'm wearing my gown and I had all these black and blue marks all over me (laughs) And everybody was looking at me, (laughs) and I thought, oh, my God, they're going to put my husband in jail. They think he's beating me. And I'm saying, I I just did this show called Roots. It's going to be coming out. And they were like, what? What? What What are you talking about? But I mean, I I, I spent a lot of time being angry while I was doing Roots because all this history that I realized that my grandparents and great-great-grandparents had gone through and they never talked to me about it, and now I'm living this, this situation, and I would come home, and I, I would just be crazed, absolutely crazed, and I'd get on the phone, I'd talk to my mother and say, Why did my grandmother tell me this? Why didn't you know this? It was It was hard for me to let go.
4: I think for all of us it may be true. We, we heard John Amos talk about it, the sense that, that ancestors were speaking through him. I think we all in our own individual ways, had an experience like that where, where, where we got the sense that we were standing in for so many souls and that this was a story that needed to be shared.
1: At which point did you feel that? I mean, because you, was there a table read where all of you were at the same time? Never. Sometimes, it, yeah, there was, in, the in my case.
3: Not at the beginning. This is just me, all right? But uh, it just seems to me that the worst resentment that anybody can have is the one that I feel justified to keep. It's very self-destructive. And I had that resentment for quite a while until I had the opportunity to spend 20 minutes with Nelson Mandela. Uh Mm -hmm. And I got a chance to go to South Africa Mm and he had just come out. And I sat there and I looked at him with this anger because of what they had done to him. And I said, why did you come out with the way you came out? And he smiled at me and he said, there's a bigger picture.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: And because of the bigger picture, South Africa is one of our greatest countries. And my anger and resentment disappeared because I believe in him. He believes in in Dr. King, who believed in Mahatma Gandhi. And I believe that that's the direction we may have to go through today. That was then. This is now. We have to reconstruct our society in a positive way without that resentment, without that anger, without that guilt, to create a proper society for our children. Proper.
4: It can't be done can't, by ignoring the past. Yeah, we, we, uh, It has oh, to be a well, current conversation.
3: Yeah, we've got to gotta get rid of it, though. We've got to stop from scratch.
1: That was done. Mm. That was done. So it looks like we have time for just a, yeah. maybe one more question. Ma'am, right here?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, the, the inauguration, I was the guest of the, the African embassies. And so I got to beat each one. And what they expected, what they want, and what I want, is the information highway to be reconstructed because it was broken for, for, because of slavery. Maybe we reconstruct that informational highway and, and draw upon a, a culture that's older than any other. So we can, our children can have that information and walk just as proud as someone who has a Greek civilization or a Roman civilization, and we have something to share in that part, like yourself, for example, to give you information about the, the, the Benin civilization, about the Ashanti, you know? And all the way from there, all the way to Bass Reeves,
1: the, the, the,
3: the cowboys, so all the stuff, the men who, did, who invented, who's, who did the, the, the Northwest Passage, James Beckworth, we've got a lot of work to do, to put that on our screens and tell our children upon whose shoulders they stand. It was stopped before. Now it's up to us to play catch-up and make it a wonderful, homogeneous American society the way it was promised. But that's our job. Not theirs. Ours.
0: Five years ago, I, I was given an award in London by uh, African actors. It was kind of like their uh, uh, image award. And uh, it wasn't until I got there and realized how important Roots was to them. They were like, oh, my God, you don't understand. We were so proud because you were telling our story. And uh, one was from the the, the village of where uh, Alex Haley's uh, family came from. And then I really realized the impact. I knew we would, you know, I was talking in French when I was in France as Kizzy, you know, on the screen, but I—I I didn't realize, and I—but then I realized my connection to the African side of of, of what I was
1: all about. Mr. Cargill, there.
3: There's one very important aspect to Roots right, that has not been mentioned today. Roots changed the way America. Genealogy was something nobody really cared about until Roots.
1: I mean, I, I know this and I've seen it happen. You've got an Ancestry.org. It's one of the biggest mm-hmm. occupations that, that America, white, black, and brown have in looking back at their past. And it all happened as a result of
2: Roots. True. And this is something that we, I think we have to recognize. Yes, you're right. You know, I... Um, so that was Terry
3: questions. Carter, everybody. Yeah. He's yes. one of
2: our
4: yes. pioneers. Yeah, one of our,
2: yeah. one of our pioneers. Pioneers, right pioneers in so television. pioneer, there he is. Yeah.
4: Terry Carter.
2: Yeah, I, um, as Chicken George, for a long time, when I was, you have to read this in my book, I'll tell, save it. Uh. <laughs> Are you pimping your memoirs, Ben? Yeah, i my <laughs> Yes, yes. But I'll give you a snippet. Um, <laughs> when I was doing a show called Oh, sweet Charity with Sammy Davis Jr. He hired me to go. Yeah. Six people remember Sammy Davis Jr. This is why we got to do this. Uh, I was, I, and I had to go to London, and I'd never been out of the country, and Sammy said, you need a passport. And I said, oh, okay. And I said, well, how do you get a passport? He said, Right to your you know, where you're born, and they'll send you your birth certificate, and you can go down to the bureau and get your passport. So I wrote to Miami, Florida, and I said, Ben Vereen is looking for uh, my birth certificate born to a Pauline Vereen. And they wrote back and said, and this is all because, thank you, Alex Haley, um, I said, and they wrote back and said, we, have, we do not have a Ben Vereen born to a Pauline Vereen. However, we do have an, a Benjamin Vereen, Benjamin Middleton born to an S.C. Middleton. And that was a result of me searching for my family. And just recently I found them. And uh, it was interesting because when I got to Lornburg, uh where my family's from, in the south, the, uh, the newspaper read, Chicken George looking for his roots.
1: <laughs> so we're going to wrap up. I just want to say that uh, um, the show, Pioneers of Television, is on tomorrow night on PBS at 8 o'clock. Ladies and gentlemen, the cast of Roots. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening. The Pinewood Dialogues at Museum of the Moving Image are made possible by generous support from the Pannonia Foundation. To learn more about the museum, visit www.movingimage.us.